I'm Ann Labar. And I'm Lisa Lancer Rose. And this is This Animal Life. Welcome. Today's going to be a little different. We're going to be talking about the John James Audubon Center at Millgrove. I live near it. It's in Pennsylvania. And one of the reasons that we chose this is that the Audubon Center at Millgrove has recently expanded their visitor center and educational programs just to get the word out about it because not too many people know and it's a just a beautiful fabulous place as you'll find out and today we're going to feature our very first interview with one of the volunteers at the Audubon Center at Millgrove who is one of the bird handlers there and so away we go What I don't think most people know about that era is that most naturalists would basically kill everything. So while Audubon is known for his drawings, the birds are in their environment, which is another reason why they're special. Right. But but they're not alive. But they're not alive. <laughs> and in fact, the mansion is full and the barn was full of taxidermy. No, and it's not once you know that, when you look at them perched on a branch or something you can see there's something like a little off about the gravity or something's not right <laughs> and i love it if you if you look him up on wikipedia i love this there's a, a portrait of him from 1826 mm -hmm. i'm looking at it right now and it is him being off into the distance holding his rifle <laughs> oh great yeah you know there's a there's an audubon house in key west and it's a very interesting, you know, it's a museum now and et cetera. And he must, right, have, right. He must have been loaded. Oh, yeah. Well, anybody but, who was a naturalist at yeah. that time was loaded. Okay. Because they were, they could of, afford it. They were of, they could afford it. And they were of time and means. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. He, um, yeah. The house is interesting to me because it is built like a ship or I, I'm, I'm just talking out. It's built like a what? it's it withstands hurricanes it is um it oh. is built um, or maybe it was the house was constructed by a shipbuilder or something so hmm. architecturally and i guess he requested that that it is designed to be seaworthy you know <laughs> and windworthy gotcha it's okay. cool yeah. yeah yeah anyway i i remember my mother having great respect for audubon and oh yeah you know, she had a membership of the Audubon Society. We had books. Right. I, I have donated to Audubon. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think I have too. Yeah. We've had birds. My family, we're bird keepers. That's right. Yeah. Yes. My, my grandfather had racing pigeons. I I have some of his awards wow. um, that his pigeons won on, framed on my wall. Cool. And then my my grandfather on my other side raised parakeets and had a huge aviary with separate rooms and then i raised finches my father had parrots right my mother yeah. had cockatoos yeah yeah i lived among captive birds yeah it seemed like birds were disposable oh yeah 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 at that time absolutely yeah it didn't no now just humans are disposable yeah exactly <laughs> but one of the reasons i mean it's so close to my house and it's gorgeous even before we had kids, we loved old 
kind of colonial houses. And I live in Pennsylvania. They're a dime a yeah. dozen, you know, they're, they are, they're built for people who are five feet tall and the rooms are really small. And <laughs> yes. but, the closets are like six inches deep. If you have closets, <laughs> right. And we always, I mean, we didn't always, but we had our first house was a one room school. Oh, I remember that house. It was a pile of, pile of rugs. Absolutely. And then we had like a 1700s farmhouse. So we like, we like old houses. We were always visiting old houses. We like to have old houses. Yeah. And so the mansion was there. Of course, it was beautiful. And there's artwork all the Mm -hmm. way through it. There's a gift store. There are taxidermy everywhere that they would have classes there are hiking trails all over the grounds they would have nighttime things where you would walk in the woods take a nighttime hike you know they'd wait until your eyes get adjusted and then they would take a hike okay oh events like for stargazing or night animals right yeah and yeah we went on one with kate and she had those light up sneakers and we got in a lot of trouble um <laughs> oh come on because it ruined everybody's eyesight i'm sure laughing. yeah 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 okay that must um, have happened all the time at that time though oh i'm sure they were in yeah but then we oh and they do things like i i don't know if they still do them but they used to do like um they would tap the maple trees and then they would have these oh. big kettles outside with a fire oh, underneath goodness. them, making maple syrup, that kind of thing. Oh, how dreamy. And you can rent out, and I think you always could, you could rent, you could get married there uh-huh. on the grounds. As you'll hear in the interview, you can have an owl adventure during your wedding. An owl and- adventure? <laughs> Deliver the ring? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But they bring them out. And you have an owl encounter, I guess is what they call it. It's not like in the staircase, is it? No, no. My oldest is, you know, it's just easier to say they're on the spectrum. Mm -hmm. And if anybody knows any kind of kid with autism or certain learning disorders, they have their special topic. Yes. And theirs was birds. Okay. So we would go there a lot. Yeah. And they were very interested in art. In fact, they're really a lovely artist. They would have drawing classes. Mm Mm-hmm. For kids and they would put out the oh how wonderful they would but they would put out like the taxidermy and you would sketch the taxidermy much like audubon you know yeah and then later on kate became a volunteer and i think gave tours once in a while mm-hmm. but basically not being a complete people person i remember they ended up in the attic in the barn cataloging all the all the dusty taxidermy <laughs> That's awesome. (laughs) So we have a long relationship with it. Yeah, we did too. There's one in central Pennsylvania called Shaver's Creek. And the lady was big into the reptiles. She was the turtle girl in the summertime. You know, she volunteered there. And there's one here called Boyd Hill Nature Preserve that also has rehabilitated but cannot be released to birds of prey. And I used to go there all the time. I used to take my students there when I taught nature writing. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I used to teach nature writing. We, 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 we met every day at a different nature preserve. Oh, wow. And we'd meet out on the beach and stuff, but Boyd Hill was a favorite. And right now, one of my good friends, her son, volunteers there, and she's always posting pictures of him with, an, with a glove and an owl yep. on the glove. Yeah, because it's educational. They, it sure is. They use it for classrooms and stuff. This auto, I hadn't been there in a long time. Mm-hmm. 
And they have built this enormous, over-the-top, beautiful visitor center. It used to be everything was in the mansion. I didn't go into the mansion this time when I went. So I don't know. They probably still have a lot of prints up and stuff. Sure. But the visitor center is very interactive. It's what you'd expect from a big, over-the-top nature preserve visitor center. There's all the branches that kids can build a nest <laughs> there. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. I want to build a nest. Dioramas and educational you walk through and, you know, that kind of thing. It's like the Smithsonian or something. Yeah, yeah, it's very much in that flavor. And they have non-releasable uh, raptors and birds of prey there and a couple of chickens, hmm. um, which you'll hear in the <laughs> you'll hear in the interview. <laughs> so this place was a big part of your your life and your children's upbringing. Yes. Yeah. Oh, very much so. Now you're related to someone who volunteers there. Yeah. And recently found that out. My husband's cousin, Lou Boynton, who is, I swear, seven feet tall. Um, <laughs> and one of my favorite, I guess, in-law relatives. He's very funny. He's a joy to be around. And he's been posting on Instagram all these pictures mm -hmm. of the owls and whatnot. And so I thought, oh, I can go interview him. And not many people know about the this enormous, beautiful visitor center that we're trying to get the, the word out. And I thought I would help. And also just in general information about the visitor center, I think it's open. It is open from, I think, Wednesday through Sunday from like 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. So you can go through the visitor center or whatever. Um, but the grounds are always open. So you can always go there to hike, hang out, have a picnic. I saw all kinds of people having picnics. But the really cool thing and the thing that you that Lou does is he handles and cares for and trains the birds. So yes. he knows them all personally. They're like he colleagues does. of his. Yeah. You will meet Conrad, who's a blue jay, very small blue jay. <sighs> and I didn't ask Lou why he wasn't, because I was just so taken with this blue jay. Wow. Why he wasn't releasable. And because he seemed fine. He's got no physical injuries. But mm -hmm. he is non-releasable because someone took him out of the nest illegally, because you can't do that, especially in Pennsylvania. You can't keep a wild animal for more than 24 hours without a permit. Yes. So somebody had taken him out of the nest and raised him He's for two tame. years. So he is imprinted on people. Okay. He doesn't know how to be a blue jay. Thing to note about him, which I thought was interesting, which was on the website, that his, you know, blue jays have that incredible crest, much like a cardinal or something. And if they are with a mate or babies or, you know, that kind of thing, the crest is down. Aww. When they are hunting or aggressive or out doing things, it's up. Um, like, stay away from me. I'm huge. Yeah. But his crest is never up when he's with people. He loves his peeps. So, yeah. Yeah. Wow. He does. And he does. I mean, his his uh, enclosure is a riot. There's bells. There's a xylophone on the on the wall, what? like, you know, vertically on the wall so you can go and peck at it. <laughs> so he does put on shows. I didn't get much of a show because he was coming out of molting. So he had been hiding for a while. He was, you know, embarrassed. Well, you have this interview, Yes, right? I do. And we're going to play it. I would love to hear it. 
been doing this? So I started, I'm, I think I'm going on my one year anniversary. Okay. Um, and I've been coming here, like when I first moved to the area about six years ago, I would come here when the owls were in their old enclosures. And then the new enclosure was built, gosh, I guess three or four years ago. And then they relocated all of the birds over here. This is amazing. So yeah, so this is like, people just really don't know that it's here. No. And um, I think more recently the um, management is trying to do a better job with like social media advertising. And Oh look, Ooh. Odin is speaking Ooh. to Hi, us. Hi Odin. So this is Sherlock. Oh, this is Sherlock. And he's the strong silent type. Ah, uh, um, now he's a barred owl, okay. And I haven't heard him make a peep in all the time that I've been working with him. But he is very good-natured, and uh, since I've been training, like, handling them on the glove, right? I start to feel a little guilty because I gravitate towards him because he's so easy to work with. And then I feel like, well, I should be working with Odin, <laughs> who is more of a challenge, or even Hopper, our Broadwing hawk oh. down on the end. She's also can be more challenging, but okay. they all have their own personalities. So oh, it's, yeah. You know, just a matter of getting to know them. So he's just, well, who's this, Sherlock? He's chill, quiet? Yep, he's the strong, silent type. And even when uh, I go into work with him, as far as learning how to handle him, he will be very calm. Okay. And I learned early on that if I don't make eye contact with him, I can get right up next to him, and that makes it easy to handle. Ah. And I think sometimes if, he's, if you look him in the eye, one of the volunteers, John Loring, was telling me that uh, if you look him in the eye, he he thinks that you're coming to eat him. Yes, you're a predator. So, exactly, yeah. Yep. yeah. So, Hi, Odin. Have you got something to tell us? Hi. <laughs> so, yeah, it's So fun. what's Sherlock? Why is Sherlock here? So Sherlock had an injury, um, and he's been here for a long time. Okay. And I think I heard that he may be the oldest barred owl in captivity. Wow. Um, but he can fly, but he can only fly like short distances. Okay. And uh, all the birds that we have here are non-releasable. Right. Which means that they can't be, they can't fend for themselves in the wild, I guess. Is. Yeah, I so that. that's like the training that I've been doing. And I, I come in and um, sometimes volunteers will train with me, the experienced volunteers. And then um, Trisha, Trisha, our director of volunteers i'm not sure her type manager of volunteers i think is okay. title, but she come <laughs> comes in and works with me and teaches me how to handle them and okay so yeah it's fun now is it uh you guys do presentations during visits and that kind of thing so pre-covid there was a lot of activity with like taking them to schools and things like oh, that you actually take them yep okay we travel and there's actually a state license that you have to be on in order to legally transport uh, oh. raptors and, and oh, birds. Oh, sure. Yeah. And yeah, so um, when I started to train and started to learn things, um, I, my name was added to the license in case I would kind of shadow someone at yeah. an activity or something. But if you look online, there are a lot of videos, pre-COVID videos of the <laughs> former director, um, Carrie Barron. She would take them and give talks at the schools and explain like where they came from in their history it's really really awesome stuff oh that's really cool yeah so Con it's just for a, i don't know did they always have birds here i'm trying to think we used to come just for the artwork i mean kate was loved the auto on prints and whatnot um 
Well, the enclosures used to be over the hill across from the mansion there. Okay. And at that time, I believe they had three screech owls. Okay. Um, and I, I don't know if you can see, there are screech owls back in the back in that little house structure there. Oh, really? They're okay. up top. So the screech owls each only have one eye because they were injured. Um, Oscar was hit by a car. Yeah, I know a lot of times that's what it is. Yeah. 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 And then Abby was attacked by an animal. Oh. And uh, her eye kind of looks like it has a cataract in it or something. Mm-hmm. But um, they're very... During the day, they don't move around too much. So yeah, on they're occasion, nighttime. Yeah. I hear we've got a little one out in our yard, and he just... I hear him every night. And it's like this this wave of sound. It's like up here, and then it goes down. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> it's so great when you can hear... that. Like, most of the owls, other than... Mr. Talkative Odin over here don't really make a lot of noise yeah, during the day. Yeah, um, that's true. Because all all owls are night owls, sort of. Uh, you know what? I just saw a documentary about a snowy owl that is not nocturnal. Oh, so okay. I normally would have said yes, but I think yeah, there may be a few breeds that are not. Cool. So they're they're generally, I guess, acclimated to people. I mean, we take them out for weddings, too. So uh, if somebody has, like, their wedding reception here, they can have, uh, as part of the package, they can have an owl come out. And uh, so they're once they're on the glove, for the most part, they're very well-behaved and they're used to people. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after a certain point in time, they'll let us know when they've had <laughs> enough. So they'll do what we call baiting, which is where they try to fly off of the glove. Okay. And once they start baiting, if they're telling us, listen, I'm done with this, yeah. we will bring them back. So, okay. for instance, if somebody has an owl scheduled for their wedding for an hour, and we feel as though the owl is either stressed out or not feeling it for whatever reason. Right. If I have Sherlock on the glove and he's getting a little antsy, I'll bring him back and then I'll get Odin and bring him to finish okay. off the hour. So did you see our blue jay in there, No, Conrad? that's what I wanted to see. So he's Mr. Social. He'll come out and you can see the toys in there. He'll come oh, out yeah. jingle the bells and hop around. Well, but, they are so smart. Well, when I first started here, I used to think he would recognize me and come up and greet me when I would come in here. Uh-huh. But then I talked to the director, and she's like, oh, no, he does that with everyone. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> okay. Great. But I keep telling myself he's yes, my friend. He is and, your friend. Uh, I don't know why. Lately, he just he's probably back in the corner there. He hasn't been. Is he in this enclosure? Yeah, he's in the close one here, and he's probably, like, back in the corner here. Oh, okay. And usually he will come out and put on a little show and ring the bells, and sometimes he'll get uh, vocal and talk to you. Ah. And one of the staff told me early on that if you can whistle at a certain pitch, you can have a conversation with him. He will answer. But I haven't, I don't always get the pitch right, but let me try. <laughs> come on, Conrad. Uh, you know what else I can do? I can jingle my keys and he'll come out. I think. There he is. Come on. Come oh, there on. He is. Hi. Hi. So it was funny. So they all have been molting about the same time, and I'm just learning about this, but he looked like a wet baby vulture when he he was molting because he lost all the feathers on his head, and he had a little black bald head. Oh, that's funny. And and I was saying to one of the volunteers, he's so vain that if he knew that he looked like that, he would would go into hiding, which he's been doing, so... 
You look much better now. You really <laughs> you look great. You, you do. You look fabulous. But he's what great. What do you do? Huh? He loves the attention. Hi. What do you do? Show me something. Well, you don't have to. Can you ring the bell, Conrad? <gasps> Are you going to talk to us today? Can you hear him chirping a little yeah. bit? Hi. Now he's poking around. So he's funny. So today is my shift day. So when I go in, I clean up in there for him. Okay. And then he gets a, an interesting diet of like bird seed, wet cat food. Oh, really? Mealworms, corn. And one of the volunteers here, Jill, she takes care of the meals. So she'll come okay. in once a week and make it. He gets fed twice a day. So yeah, Hi. he gets pretty well taken around. care of. But he like, you'll see peanuts laying around. He loves peanuts. And, uh, Sometimes he'll grab like a sunflower seed and come over and like peck on it and put on a little show. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he's awesome. Does he ever play a xylophone? Yes, he does. Does he? He makes really? noise. Yeah. Oh, that's really funny. And so, <laughs> what I think is strange, like, so he will when I go into clean. If I turn my back on him, he'll fly over and like bat me in the side <laughs> of the head. And I'm finding hey, that you. he does that with men, and not he doesn't <gasps> do that to the women, which may huh. be coincidental. But I'm trying to gather some data on that. That's interesting, yeah. <laughs> because oh, the really women funny. that I know that work with him say that he never touches them. And then a few of the male volunteers have said, oh, yeah, he whacks me in the head every time I go in there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting to see a pattern here. <laughs> they are so cool. He seems kind of small. I think he is a little bit on the small side relative to Some of them can kids. be pretty big. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's a difference, too, between male and female, too. Oh, that might be. Yeah. Okay. And now Oscar's the street, uh, Oscar and Abby. Oscar and Abby. So They're Oscar's in the, back in the top there. back corner there. Oh, I see him now. Okay. And you see Abby's in the other yep. corner. Yep. There they are. And All right. so typically Abby stays pretty quiet during the day. Yeah. But every now and then I'll see her like flitting around in there and I'll hmm. be like, well, what is she doing? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, in the wild they like to hide in like tree bark and like sure. small crevices. Well, they're hard to see. I mean, they really oh, blend they camouflage in. so well, yeah. And the funny thing is, we had to move Oscar in. There's a little enclosure in the back, and he was taking medication for a while. Okay. So we had to separate him so we could kind of track his meds. Okay. And when he was back there, he caught, there's like a little a little gap in the back, and he like got into that little gap somehow, and it was so small. And we thought, oh my God, did he? How could he possibly get out? And it turns oh. out he was just in this little gap in the in the boards. Hiding. Yep. Wow. And, um, yeah, so that was a little scary. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's what they do in, in the wild. They'll be like in a tree, like behind the bark. Okay. And, oh, uh, yeah, there's some nice pictures of them online, too. Oh, cool. Yeah. Check those out. They're neat. Yeah, and they're local. I mean, I know we have, we have one. And the barred ones are, too, right? I believe. I think they, well, if they were injured here, yeah, they live here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, duh. <laughs> No, well, I... Oh, I, now I see Odin, too. There he is. I can't say that I've seen any barred owls in the area. And I've spent a lot of time here. Mm -hmm. um, but I will say that we did have a, a great horned owl in the sycamore tree <gasps> behind really? the enclosure, a wild one. And when she was raising a little owlet in there, she only had one for a while. People were saying, oh, I saw two in there. And, and it turns out there was only one. Okay. But she stayed for a long time. And during that time, Odin was getting very paternal. And he was getting kind of agitated. Huh. And when we would give him his dinner, 
he would take the mice and he would stick them in the corners oh, of the wow. enclosure. And we think that that was kind of like Him part of the mating ritual. Like he was going to offer that the food. to yeah. a potential mate. Yeah. Oh, wow. The cool thing about them is, is that, you know, you, they have the feathers on top of their mm-hmm. heads, which look like ears. Yeah. But their ears are actually more on the side. Oh. And they're not like, they're not geometrically positioned. In other words, one is like a little higher on the head than the other one. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I guess that's a direct, that would be a di- like a directional thing maybe? That's what they do. That's what I was told. They do that to kind of like triangulate, I guess, with oh, sound. okay. To, when they're when they're hunting. Oh, wow. Look at Mr. Sherlock how he's watching us. Hey you. It's so funny like when I'm in when I'm in the enclosure with the screeches I'll be cleaning in there and I'll stand up and the two screeches and Sherlock will all three be sitting there like staring at me. <laughs> I'm like I'm glad I'm entertaining you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, they got to get bored, you know. <laughs> Have they ever have like mice or anything ever gotten in the enclosure and so they've gotten them or we, someone just told me about a week ago that they they saw sherlock go after a mouse that had gotten in there ah. and we have also had situations where with conrad's food there we can't we would come in one day and there would be like a hole board in the ground right and the mouse would like come in i was gonna say they would come in for the bird to seed. get the food yeah, yeah. And so we kind of sealed it up and uh, put yeah. slate and covered it up and everything. Oh, okay. Well, who else you got here? Well, I'm so we got Odin down here. Sherlock, and we have Odin the Great Born, and we have our two chickens. <laughs> now, what are the chickens' names? So we have Pineapple, who is oh, the hen. Beautiful looking. And Pineapple okay. was laying eggs until I think about two months ago. She just uh, stopped. I can I can tell you something about. Is she the Bard Rock, the black and white yeah, one? Uh, yes. Yeah. Look at her feet. See what color they are. Mm-hmm. The color for the eggs comes from the melanin in the feet. And as they get older, the feet get whiter and whiter and whiter. That's interesting. So I would suspect that she's like maybe three, four more years old. And so she will slow down. She'll probably stop laying at some point if she She hasn't hasn't already. She hasn't laid an egg in a while. Yeah, it'll be very, but yeah, you can see how white her feet are. Oh, that's interesting. We've never managed to have any live that long. How long do they usually live? You can, I, yeah, that's a great question because I think our oldest chickens were like three years old at one point. Like we just never, they always get wiped out by a fox or something. Um, I think, I mean, they can live a good long while, at least yeah, I five mean, I years. Heard that in captivity, like here, because they yeah. get vet care and they get yeah. three squares. They and can everything. live quite a while. Yeah, mm. I heard like seven to nine. All right, mm. that would be. Yeah, I believe that. But like I said, we. I mean, you should see how we have the Portuguese now. They are like double fenced in an enclosure with a top, and I mean, Carl's got them locked down. Yeah. <laughs> He's not. So we'll let them free range, but we're on notice to watch for hawks because yeah. years ago the enclosures were back. There's an old house back there. I'll show it, show you. Um, but that's where the chickens used to be kept. There's a coop there, and one day we had the the volunteer or the staff member had no idea that there were hawks in the area oh. and let them out and then there i think at that time there were like nine of them and i think it got like four or five of them yeah yeah, yeah. once once they know they're here too it's over oh yeah um, we see them like i see them circling oh, yeah. around all the time oh yeah so we will but you know there's a sign in the office that says make sure you don't leave them unattended yeah yeah 
Um, yeah, the hawks are getting good at the chickens. It used to be the fox, and now it's absolutely, because we have a red tail that actually nests every year, has a nest, or somebody has a nest in the same spot. And uh, yeah, and the young ones get all excited because of the chickens. And he's a rooster. Yeah? Yeah, he a is Apollo. a silky rooster. I was going to say, yeah. what's his, he's a silky, okay. Have he's you a... seen those before? No. So it's funny, like, if you look, the feathers look more like fur. Yeah. And uh, he's got quite a personality. He's oh, very bet. defensive of her. Okay, a yeah. A couple times I've been in there, and I was refilling the little water container there. And he thought that I was kind of moving t- aggressively towards pineapple. And he came at me with talons. <sighs> Have you ever seen them, like, in attack mode? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, we've they're, had, like, we've not had screwing versus. around. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I do have a new appreciation for chickens since I've been working here. Oh, I love them. I love them. I mean, like the personalities. The first day I worked with them by myself, I went in after I was trained on cleaning up and Mm -hmm. filling the dishes and everything. Yeah. I went in and I'm like doing my thing, like scooping the poop and putting the water (laughs) in. And all of a sudden, pineapple's like standing at my foot, like pecking me on the ankle. And I'm like, what in the heck is she doing? And I said something to one of the volunteers and she said, oh... She just wants blueberries. Yeah, she wants a snack. <laughs> I know, I used to give ours strawberries, and they would just go right after yeah. me. Like, hi, how you doing? And Carl gives them the mealworms, and they go absolutely bonkers over those. And so they see him coming, and they start screaming. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, Apollo will start uh, getting very vocal at certain times, like we'll be doing something, and he'll just start sounding off, and you can hear him far away. Oh, yeah. Hi guys. Hi. Well, do you want to go for yeah. the Broadwing? Hawk? I do. Wait, this is these are nice enclosures. I mean, people don't know that we're here. No. You know? So we a lot of times when I talk to visitors, I the first thing I say is, "Have you been here before?" Right. Because some people are regulars and they know all the birds. They know a lot. Yeah. And then a lot of times people say, "Oh no, this is our first time here." So I yeah. just kind of like run down like the guest list of who's which birds are here. Yeah. And um, so yeah, Hopper. Uh, cannot fly at all. Okay. So, oh, he's a broadwing. Okay. Yeah, it's a, it's oh, a girl. A... Hopper is a girl. I, I always thought Hopper was a boy. Okay. And yeah. it sounds like more of a, a masculine name, sure. I guess. Hi, but yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hi, Hopper. Are you going to chirp at us? So if we go in um, to ha- handle Hopper on the glove, I think when she sees the glove, she'll start chirping a lot. She gets excited because she knows we're coming in to to handle her and once she's on the glove she's pretty well behaved but she does have a tendency to bait on the glove so oh okay that's why she's more um difficult to train with because she baits more often sure and so yeah but i had her um we had her out at a wedding a couple weeks ago and she was great she was oh, cool. very well behaved the whole time and i think for the most part they're used to people they see people yeah. here all the time, and then when we take them out, they're they do well. Like they are okay with That's people, awesome. and people take selfies with them and stuff, and it's all <laughs> fine. And people love it. Oh, getting yeah. that close to them, you know. Yeah. But we've been trying more and more recently to kind of like lessen the stress that they are under because yeah, we think it's uh, affecting their health, and we want the best for them, you know. I think a lot of people don't have an appreciation, like, for animals, you know what I mean? No, like, I know. As far as their intelligence and what they understand and things like oh, that. Oh, yeah. But it's <laughs> like, 
when you talk about the birds, you know, I, one of the volunteers said, you know, they're not like cats and dogs. No. Because, you know, <laughs> I, a, a broadwing hawk is not going to come up and cuddle with you and watch TV and, you know, they're not, they don't have that. <laughs> no, they're a little more focused on meat. On hunting, yes. <laughs> yeah. m- mice and, and, you know. but uh, They have it, a purpose, you know. Yeah, they have a, a one-track mind. Now, does he have the little leather things on his feet? For Now, do you hold on to those? Or? So those are Jesses. They're okay. Jesses, yep. And what we do is when we approach them, and it's the same for the owls as it is with the hawk, we want to get control of the Jesses first. And so I'll get the glove very close to her and then get the, get the Jesses in the thumb of the okay. glove. And then once I have that, I'll try to kind of intertwine them in the fingers of the glove. Okay. And this is because we want to have that kind of immediate control. Sure. And then once we do that, if you can see at the very bottom, there are like little eyelets at the bottom. Oh, there. yeah. We have a tether, which is similar to a dog leash. So once we get them on the glove comfortably, then we'll attach the tether to the jesses. Okay. And then the tether attaches to the glove. So oh, okay. if they should happen to get off the glove, they can't get too far away. Right. And then what was the injury with this poor guy? Do you know? Uh, Hopper was hit by a car. Yeah. I figured. Yeah. Because I see them on the highway sometimes. They'll go after, like, a deer or road something. Kill or yeah, something. Road kill or something, yeah. Mm. And you know what else I heard, too, and I, this is unconfirmed, but uh, when they build a new roadway, oh. a lot of times the mice will kind of burrow their holes around the roadways. Okay. So the birds know that that's, like, where the food is. Oh, okay. So that's why they kind of, like, travel yeah. along the roads and have more of a tendency to be struck by cars. Ah. Yeah, every hawk I've ever seen in a, you know, like a visitor center or whatever is usually from a car. Yeah, it's sad, but I mean, they're so beautiful, you know. Oh, they are. If you look at her and she she gets around, though, she'll be hot. You'll see the different perches we have at different levels. And she also likes to, we keep the water refreshed every day. Yeah. Hopper's the only one that gets breakfast. She gets fed in the morning. So we keep mice frozen, we kind of thaw them as we need them, and then we weigh out a certain amount of grams for each bird. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah. Well, and we track their diet, so... There she Hi, is. Hopper. Hi. Hello. We will, like, if we come in and they haven't eaten their food, we'll weigh it and we keep track of the remains. Okay. And also, like, are you familiar with the pellets? Yeah, the, the yeah. owl pellets. Yeah. yeah I've never, um, I think... Kate probably had one at some point. <laughs> yeah, hey, if you want one, I, we have a bunch. Oh, actually, I wouldn't mind. <laughs> yeah, so it's interesting, and I don't think a lot of people know that that's how their digestive system yeah, works. Yeah, because all the bones will be in there, right? <laughs> the bones and the fur and anything that they can't, the whiskers, anything that they can't <laughs> digest. I'll take an owl pellet, sure. <laughs> yeah, and uh, actually, I'll bring it home for Carl. I brought you a gift. <laughs> but uh, during the time when we were taking them to the schools we would show them like kind of like dissect it and open it up and yeah. show them like here's a little mouse jawbone in here or something you know <laughs> so yeah that's awesome well thank you oh my god Anne, i just i loved meeting all the birds and i felt like i loved that the whole time you could yes. hear hooting that was the great horned owl odin yes Yes, and you can tell that, um, well, each one of them has a personality that everybody there recognizes them like like they're persons. Right. Oh, and they all have personality. Yeah. Definitely. So it really shows you what it, 
what it's like to interact with individual birds. You know, and it's not it's not just the species, it's the individual. Yes. And that they do have personalities. Yeah, you jingle the keys and they, they come something that they cool. did with him that was you know, a jangly maybe. Maybe he got bell, to play with keys. Play with key. They're shiny. They're shiny. They're they're a corvid. Yeah. So they like shiny things. And uh, yeah, they would they would like keys. They would take those. Yeah. So he was charming. Of course. That's so fun. You know what would be fun is getting to be one of those volunteers. Doing what light does. Yeah. Yes. To explore more of this animal life, please subscribe, rate, and review. It would help us immensely, and we will be eternally grateful. Go to www.thisanimallife.com for more links and information on this and other episodes. Our music, as always, was composed and performed by Chip Salerno. Find more of Chip's music on SoundCloud.com. Until next time.